I'm your host, DJ Mitchell, here to cover the four-game Monday slate. We are looking at four games, uh, not a ton, a ton of intrigue, but a couple, I think, pretty good spots. So um, before we get started, make sure to rate, comment, review, do all that stuff. If you're watching this video, you'll probably see me and all my Brown stuff recording this right before I watch the Browns game. I'm already predicting a loss to Baltimore, but let's just get to the hockey because we don't need to hear about how sad my Browns fandom life has been. So four games. And the first one we're going to talk about is Seattle at Buffalo. I was lucky enough to be in attendance for another Sabres win. I'm actually undefeated on the, on the year going to Sabres games, watch them take down the Montreal Canadiens. They are now going to have their first ever battle with the Seattle Kraken. So yeah, it's definitely going to be one of those games that I, again, take the under in. I've been taking the under in almost all the Sabres games that Aaron Dell did not start in, because once I see Aaron Dell's name on the scorecard, I'm just immediately saying, well, it might be over, it might be under, but I don't trust Aaron Dell to stop a beach ball, so going to not touch it. Um, this matchup, though, act, does project incredibly well to be a very low event, very low pace, very low expected goal matchup between two teams that have struggled mightily to produce offense. Um the Sabres outside of a couple guys this year have been, I would say, pretty bad. Uh, they hit the under the other night by coming back to tie the Red Wings and lose in overtime. They didn't produce a single power play. So that definitely hurt their offensive upside. And in this matchup, I just think that Seattle is a slightly better team on paper. They have not been able to put too much to work on that. Their last game out, they did beat the Florida Panthers on the road. So good on them, I guess. I do think that line of Yanni Gord, Everly, and Schwartz will stay together. It was their best line, and I do think it can do some work against the Sabres' top unit in Thompson, Skinner, and Olofsson. And if that's the case, I'm just not betting on any of these other Sabres' lines to do anything of value. Um, you know, Cousins has been great, but you put him with a legitimate AHLer in Brett Murray and a pretty much AHLer in Kyle Ocposo, it hurts his upside, and the other two lines just don't have a lot to offer. Um, so, yeah, this game just kind of sets up nicely to be a fade for me in all avenues. I do think it'll be somewhat popular to get pieces of this game in DFS because it is incredibly, incredibly cheap. The most expensive forward on this on this entire, in this entire game is Everly at 6K, and then everyone else is below that. So you're getting a ton of value here potentially, but I just don't know where I'd go with it because I'm not going to stack up this top the top line if you will then Gord Everly and Schwartz because it doesn't correlate very well on the power play Everly was with Donskoy Dunn Johansson and Wenberg not fantastic there the Wenberg Johansson Appleton line is kind of your pseudo unit number two um I think some people might jump on it I guess you could talk me into a Marcus Johansson revenge game but he's never been much of a rate shooter so again this game is probably a fade for me more or less in DFS in most prop avenues um, and, and really just from anything but the under here. Um, I, I think some people might find themselves looking at the two and a half Tage Thompson prop. He actually has been a really, really good rate shooter over the course of November and on the season. Um, but I don't love the matchup. I don't love seeing him against that Yanni Gord line. I do think that Yanni Gord is actually a good defensive center that could probably take away most of his game. So I don't really think I'm going to be finding a lot of props here. It just seems unnecessary. Um, maybe... I could look at a save prop and just say that like, you know, Dakarski has been playing well enough and he should see enough shots to get there. But I really think this game is more of a fade than anything else. Um, you know, Sabres plus 120 at home, not the worst thing in the world. Seattle struggled a lot. So that's probably where I'd side here. But 
not a whole lot to get to in this one. The next game we're going to cover um, is Arizona at Winnipeg. I mean, Winnipeg's going to be popular in DFS. There's not a doubt in my mind. They're extremely, extremely big favorites at home, minus 295. It doesn't feel like much of a thing to take. Um, they've been a very hot and cold up and down team. They go out and get absolutely trounced by Minnesota, I think, Saturday. Uh, no, on Friday, and then come back on Saturday and take care of business on the road at a much better Calgary team. So, yeah, not, not uh, sure what's up with them. They're not overly expensive on DFS. I do think shot props are going to be really fun to take here. They should be able to dominate possession, dominate the shots. I've been taking Ehlers at three as much as I can find it. He's hit on every slate um, since the 18th of November, and he had one push. So pretty cool stuff from him. I do think he'll continue to do that. And if you find him at three, three and a half is a little bit shady, but if you get plus money, you know, you can parlay that together and feel pretty good about it in this matchup. Um, you know, they didn't, they, hold on, let me pull up their lines. They did not practice on Sunday, so we didn't get any units from them. But in their game against Calgary, which I mentioned they won, they had Shifley, Connor, Wheeler. So back to that unit, instead of having Connor with Cop and Ehlers. Ehlers did get bumped down to the third line, if you will, and Sveshnikov went up to that second line. So that does hurt his upside a bit, but I think he's just too talented to stay there very long. Um, Cop, Dubois, and Sveshnikov, I just think Ehlers is going to get the bump back up. I think he's within the doghouse for a short stint, and that shouldn't last, but we'll see. The top power play with Connors, Ehlers, Pionk, Shifley, and Wheeler. So absolutely loaded top line, top power play. I think that's where I'm going to find most of my DFS exposure is through that Connor Shifley, Wheeler line because it's Arizona. It's not overpriced. With all that being said as well, it really does set up well for Kyle Connor to continue to be a dominant rate shooter. Um, he had back-to-back threes in a row and shot on goals. If you find him at two and a half, it feels incredibly safe. If you find him at three, three and a half, I don't hate it just because Shifley and Wheeler especially are pretty historic pass-first guys. Um, Wheeler's been a little bit kind of back and forth. He has a couple games, you know, here and there where he puts up a four, uh, four or five. You know, you never know for sure, but Connor is definitely the rate shooter. He's definitely the top guy in this game. And as I already mentioned, Winnipeg projects incredibly well. They're actually second on the slate in um, expected goals. Uh, kind of compared to the, the their um, aggregate, the game pace isn't that bad either, which is kind of why I, you know, I hate to say this out loud, and I don't want anyone to tell their friends, but if you do stack up Winnipeg, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. And I've I've been very against doing this, but playing like a small piece of Arizona, they've actually won a couple DFS slates because they're so incredibly cheap, and their top guys are getting pretty big minutes. So Keller, Boyd, and Kessel also over twenty minutes. Keller and Kessel, 22 and 24, both power play one with Chikrin and Gossus Bear. It's a little bit better with Bar- uh, Barrett Hayton because I don't really trust Boyd all that much. Um, Boyd is, God, can I even freaking find him? He is real cheap, 30, yeah, uh, 3,600. Not a great rate shooter, definitely a stack only option. He has three straight games with a goal in it. You know, that's probably going to run out at some point, but. Um, what I'm really getting at here is I think Winnipeg's a really strong value on the DFS. I think their guys I already mentioned are, are very good rate shooters and they should have a lot of opportunity to shoot. And I don't really trust Arizona to stop them. Um, if you do take any Arizona, you know, Trickering has gotten really expensive. I do think his props are still not priced correctly. You can't always find them either, but two and a half shots for him seems to be pretty low. He's really getting back to his old self of last year when he was an absolute jam almost every night, every slate. The books just didn't seem to get him right. We don't have anything up right now, but whatever site you're looking through, 
check for Chikrin. He's not always listed, but if you can find him, he's a really good value there um, on most sites. We'll get over to the third game. My, my favorite game on the slate, Vancouver at Montreal. It really is the panic in Canada for both teams. Montreal just fired like all their executives, including Mark Bergevin after last year's Stanley Cup trip. They've been bad. They lost to Buffalo. Um, so yeah, it's it's been quite a mess there. I do think there'll be more changes to come. And, you know, even though they lost to Buffalo, they go out and they beat Pittsburgh and then just, I guess, right back to let's fire everyone. But I mean, something had to give there. I, I kind of think they didn't really trust Bergevin to go through the trade deadline and you know start trading off assets like Gallagher, et cetera. So um, if you, you know, played Montreal on Saturday, I didn't play it all on Saturday. Um, you know, Josh Anderson, Dvorak, and Toffoli went absolutely nuclear. I can't imagine that line gets broken up after an absolutely dominant performance where they had, what, four goals, I'm pretty sure, and I guarantee won the slate. I do think that'll be decently popular because it is really, really cheap again. So I think, you know, that Montreal, Winnipeg kind of game, the, the, the stack each of them is going to be pretty easy to do um, with all these changes. It, you know, it's one thing that's tough is Toffoli, Dvorak, and Josh Anderson are all good rate shooters. Um, Anderson had the six shot on goal game. So I think people will kind of look at his props and be pretty in on it, but it is tough. Um, Dvorak had five in his own right. So all these guys are good rate shooters. The matchup is pretty good against Vancouver. So I don't really have a problem with any of them. I was seeing Dvorak as low as one and a half too. So I do think that's really easy to jump on. Um, Josh Anderson isn't always found, but you know, you might find him at a two or a three or I mean, a two or two and a half. And again, I don't mind jumping on that either because this line looked so good that you know, I do think they may have something going on there. Um, the power play correlation was Anderson with the Borak, but not the Foley. The Foley was on the other unit. Sammy Niku man the point there. Um, and then the unit with the Borak and Anderson had Sherratt and Petrie. So if you're kind of looking to stack a defenseman in there, um, Petrie is pretty cheap. He's a guy I really liked, but they had him not at one and a half shots. And he back-to-back doesn't quite get there with one in both. I know he had way more attempts in that Sabres game I was, I was watching and didn't quite have one wide open look and his stick shattered. So I, I do think as his prop continues to stay at that one and a half, that he's going to bounce back and we're all going to be kicking ourselves. for not getting on it earlier. So I do like him as well. I'm not really looking elsewhere. Um, I do think that a guy like um, uh, Caulfield will be interesting very soon. He's only getting 11 minutes in that last game, that big, you know, six to three win. Don't love that. Um, but on the other side, the team that actually is projecting the, the best on the kind of the spreadsheet that I'm using is Vancouver. And, you know, Vancouver also going through a very, very tough transitional phase. Both of these teams have struggled way more than they obviously would have liked to, but also the fans are willing to accept, um, you know, Vancouver. I, I do think, you know, they're actually playing right now against Boston. So we're going to, you know, have some, some new lines and new units, potentially, you never, they just seem to change them up almost every, every single slate, but Vancouver, I do think will get overlooked just because their pricing is just high enough to where you might not be able to afford all that Winnipeg you want. It's also high enough where you can't afford Pittsburgh one. You can't afford Calgary one in in the last game of the slate. So it is going to be a bit tricky to kind of put together exactly what you want. And for that reason, I'm going to try to make sure I do have a four or five man Vancouver stack. Um, Just because I do think that it's going to be a bit lower owned than uh, I think it should be. And I do think that these projections aren't completely off. You know, um, the what the, uh, the Canadians have been really, really bad. So, <clears throat> yeah, I'm trying. I'm just trying to pull up what the Vancouver Canucks ran out to start the game. We could find it quick. Um, but here, regardless, whatever it is, you know, if there's any changes or not, I'm definitely going to be looking to put 
together the best power play unit that I can. And um, it's going to include guys like, uh, you know, Horvat is one that I think is, is going to be popping a bit. Um, their last game out was against, man, I should have had this up already. thought I did. Against Columbus, they lost four to two. Horvat was with Garland and Pearson, Hoglander with Miller and Besser, and then Pedersen, Downing, and Podkolz. And so, yeah, that's kind of what they have been running. Um, Horvat and Garland were both on the same power play unit without Pearson and Quinn Hughes. So, like, that kind of a stack I think could be really, really strong here. It'll get overlooked. It won't quite get the ownership that I think it deserves. And all of those guys are good rate shooters. Um, Connor Garland is a kind of a guy that's been incredibly hot as of late. He has at least four shots on goal in his past five games. Um, so I don't know if you're going to find his props listed as much as others, but he was a round two and I was jamming that quite a bit. I think he continues. All of the wingers here are pretty cheap. Um, Pod Colson might be another guy that gets a little bit overlooked. Um, he is you know, a really, really good prospect. I don't know if you're going to find props for him, but I do think if you do go Pedersen, he makes a lot of sense to put with it. Um, they both were on the, no, actually Pat Colson did not get, no, he got a little bit of power play run. I don't know. I think I thought it was in the second unit, but things changed on a dime with this team. So we'll see. He did have one of the Vancouver goals in the last game. Um, so I do like him quite a bit as well. Um, I don't Yeah, I, I think that the Garland props probably that my favorite from the Vancouver side, I already mentioned the Montreal guys. I like, uh, I think this game over is probably pretty fair. It's a six right now. And I like that a lot. I wouldn't mind taking Vancouver at plus 105 either. I already said that the projections seem to like them quite a bit. So I'm fine with riding that. They're expected to score more goals than any team on this slate. That normally means they're the winning team. So yeah, I like Vancouver at plus money. Um, I think you could pair that with, you know, some of the props I've already mentioned and put maybe three props parlays together and, and you'll really try to maximize your EV on this slate. So the last game, and I think this will be a really exciting one as well, uh, Pittsburgh at Calgary both teams kind of have a very similar setup when how they play um, as far as the top line gets a ton of time, a ton of minutes. It's all power play correlated. It's really easy to stack and feel good about, but both of these teams also are um, pretty decent and, and they really will try to, I think, fight fire with fire here. Uh, the Crosby line will match up against top, top line. So could it be a situation where both of these lines end up kind of cannibalizing each other do you think one could dominate the play and the other get kind of just taken out of contention? It could happen. Um, in the last game, Pittsburgh really ran the top six a ton, but like I said, Crosby, Genzel, and Rodriguez um, without rust really ran the show. That being said, again, Evan Rodriguez is probably one of the better punts on the entire slate. He is, I have Matt Winger, 4,200. Um, Brian Rust is a kind of buried the lead on is on injured reserve as of Sunday. So he's not going to play in this one. Erod moving up at 4,200 does make that line a bit more affordable without looking. If you have to guess um, how many shots do you think Evan Rodriguez had um, bet you went too low. He had 12 shots on goal in that game against Montreal. One of them didn't go in the net. So he absolutely smashed. I mean, he really has been as well, just, even when he wasn't on that top line, and I know with all the COVID and injuries, he had been kind of bouncing around. He's still been one of the better rate shooters for 60 in the league. And that is kind of contingent on the minutes that he wasn't getting. So like, you know, he 12 to 14 minutes, but he took four or five shot attempts. So, you know, now with these guys out there, you know, it really does boost his stock a lot. He's going to be pretty popular. I don't think he'll be overlooked very much by many people. Um, if you find his shot prop, again, jam it. I mean, he's one of the better rate shooters and he's getting the run now. 
And the last note on him, if I could quickly, I have, oh, I have so many tabs up. He was in the top power play where he did score. It was Carter, Crosby, Gensel, Latang, Erod. Erod went right in. So that whole correlation's right there. I don't really think I'd get away from any of those top five, including Carter in that mix and maybe even Kapanen. Um, but, you know, if you get crazy, um, you know, Kapanen, Zucker, I don't know. It, it's pretty out there. It just doesn't seem necessary with other value that I've already mentioned. Uh, then our last team is Calgary. They were the winning team in that match, uh, the losing team last time out against Winnipeg. The top line stayed the same Gaudreau, Lindholm, and um, Matt Dechuk, not Brady, who got bit, uh, his brother, uh, Mangiapani, Backlund, and Coleman. So that was the top six. And the power play, I think, had a little, yeah, the only wrinkle was that Monahan moved up to the top unit. Um, he is on the third line and only getting 15 minutes a night, but he did bump into the top power play. He's been there. He's been out of there. He's been there. He's been out of there, but he's, he's right there right now in the top power play. Um, so I don't really see a lot of value in, in taking, you know, not great value pieces here on, um, Calgary because Mangiapane at 5,100, it's just, it's, it's okay because I think he has enough of a rate shooting floor that you don't feel sick about it but he can disappear at times and 15 goals on the season, he's shooting at, uh, you know, a whopping 27%. It's just not going to last. And I really don't want to be on that, the bad side of variance with him. So I'm probably going to not go with any of the cheap guys there. I really think that my top stacks are just going to be Winnipeg, Vancouver, and Montreal. And then I'm going to just see what I can do with some sprinkling some pieces. Um, Erod, obviously the easy kind of jam and play and cash. I think it's a mortal lock. Um, and then just kind of work from there. And, and, and honestly, Vancouver is cheap enough to write. I think you could really get a nice, you know, you know, three-man Vancouver, three-man Winnipeg, maybe make it a four with like a Pionk or something, get Erod in the mix. I, I'm not sure if that's going to be completely undoable here. So that's how I'm going to be attacking the DraftKings slate. As far as props are concerned, I think that anything that includes Kyle Connor, he's been a bit up and down, but I really do think this is an incredibly good matchup, incredibly good spot. If you can get him at plus money at like a three shot on goal. I love that. Um, I mean, Erod is going to be kind of tough to find. You might find it on FanDuel. They seem to offer that a bit more. DraftKings is hit, a little bit hit or miss. They kind of seemingly relieve one of that top line guy out. So if they leave out Genzel and they put Erod up there, that would be great. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I think the under in the Sabres game is really strong. Both these teams project very, very bad in the expected goals model. So I say, yeah, under there seems like a fun bet. As long as the goaltending bills don't fall off, which have for both team, uh, both teams, at least throughout the season. And then the over in the Vancouver Montreal game. Um, and then you're just taking Vancouver. I mean, I don't think it's quite as, as good as taking the over. I do think that game could definitely hit that over, but goalie is goalie. And, you know, there might end up being 70 shots in that game. And it just doesn't quite get there because for, you know, the Jake Allen decides to stand on his head, which he has done before. Um, I think that pretty much covers everything. Um, I hope every, everyone's doing, doing, doing well with the holiday season and, you know, enjoying some of these profits. I know some people have reached out to me and thank me for things here or there. Um, continue to do that. Continue to tweet out. I'll get back to posting more props. It's been definitely really busy with the holiday. And I kind of said I was going to get back to it and did it like twice and then stopped again. I've been posting more of my underdog stuff, but I'll try to get more of the DraftKings sports book in there as well. Um, just to try to make sure I'm covering all my bases. Uh, but with that being said, I'll get you guys out of here. I'm about 10 minutes away from the Browns losing, so I got to go watch that. You guys have a good night. Mm -hmm.